people who are close to you, they watch you throughout the course of your life. And they're the least likely to give you grace to shift and pivot. They're not trying to be mean. It's just that they got excited with you the first time you did something. And then when you shift and pivoted, they got excited the next time. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the wild and wonderful Kim Hayden. From her humble trailer park beginnings in Kansas to the successful business leader and TV host in Calgary, Kim has laid out her own brick road with humor, confidence, and creativity. Along the way, she picked up her own scarecrow, lion, and tin man, namely her husband and business partner, Doug Hayden. Together, they've received numerous awards for their real estate business and charitable work, including the MLS Million Dollar Club Award, the Diamond Jubilee Award, and the Alberta Centennial Award, to name a few. Renowned for her baking, Kim is just as comfortable whipping up a pound cake as she is closing a business deal. As the producer and host of Kim's Kitchen, Homes and Lifestyles Canada, Kim's Talks, and the Resilient Series, Kim has had the pleasure of interviewing some of the most dynamic and involved people, including political leaders, heads of industry, Hollywood celebrities, and the everyday mom. Kim believes that every woman willing to take up her space and lead her industry or community deserves to be heard. This is Kim's passion now, bringing her entrepreneurship and production skills to help women with their multimedia content that showcases their credibility and talent. Kim loves loud femme alternative music played at the loudest possible levels while navigating the yellow brick road of her life, rocking her ruby red slippers, which are tattooed on her foot. Kim Hayden, we have been having such a good time in our pre-chat. I feel like we weren't even going to record an episode for a minute, but it's happening, y'all. I finally get to ask Kim this question, which is, what do small business owners need to focus on this week? Uh, they should be definitely looking at their content creation and, you know, getting those assets out there and making sure that they're performing well. Um, video, 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 video. <laughs> I'm and, sorry. Did you say video? Yes, I said video. <laughs> <laughs> so in today's world, we have to trust what we find on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And when somebody says I'm a pro or I'm an expert, you better have stuff on the internet to back you up. Yeah. Are you a published author? Do you have a pro reel? Do you have your pro speaking reel? Do you, are you being heard on amazing, great podcasts? Like where, where can people find you? Um, mm -hmm. So that is, that is the big one is, is what is, what are you putting out there? If people can't find you and they just got to take your word on stuff, there's yeah. I wouldn't be spending my money. But I love that. I It's like legitimacy through content. 
right? So I was, I totally forgot about the name of my own podcast for a second. And I was just like, yeah, legitimize yourself. You're too legitimate to quit, y'all. But yes, (laughs) like that is for many of us in helping professions, coaches, healers, teachers, trainers, other service providers, right? All of us in one way or another want to show up as experts in our space. Like you have a history of way a million careers ago of doing hair professionally. At that point, you wanted to be seen as the expert in doing a certain thing to certain hair, right? And so it's like, even even if you're like, I'm a service provider, do I need to be an expert? Yes, of course you do. So what steps are you going to take to be more polished, more presented, more available, more legit, right? Absolutely. I, I find, okay, and I'm not picking on women, but I'm going to pick on I'll women. I'll pick on women. <laughs> I find that a lot of women, I hear this, I have to talk to my husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not camera ready or I don't have the money. And those are I those are the excuses that I hear over and over and over and over. So, let me ask you this. If you want somebody to spend money with you because you are quote unquote an expert, do you want them to talk to your husband or talk to you? Are you waiting till they have a good hair day before they talk to you? And are you hoping that, that maybe they got money so they can pay you? So yeah. the reality is don't put objections out there that you wouldn't want brought to you. Well, especially for video, like I need to talk to my husband. Listen, if you think we're being mean to you, we're being mean out of love. And like, if you could see this pink haired goddess with me right now, it's like, you know, a Muppet and a Fraggle breaking it down. Like we got this for you, y'all. But here's the thing, like if you want to talk to your husband or your spouse or any advisor before you make a high ticket leap. Awesome. But if you need to talk to your husband before you go on video, we may have other issues at play here. Absolutely. Right? Like, because we're not saying show up without boundaries. We're not saying start an OnlyFans account and show the world your boobs. We're saying show your brain. Absolutely. And ideally, your partner would want you to showcase your brain. Now, It's not also about spilling all the tea about what's going on in your family. Maybe you want to talk to your husband to be like, hey, can I tell that funny story about what you did last Tuesday? But it shouldn't really be a permission issue, right? Absolutely. Well, and I think a lot of women, and I personally, I want to make this very clear. Ladies, I've been through a two and a half year, actually a five year journey, actually seven years now. So when I started doing television, because uh, I did the lifestyle show here in Calgary on a broadcast channel. So this is like, you know, they're coming in with the big cameras and mm-hmm. we got a crew of eight filming this and such. And, and I'm like, Ooh, I got to be careful. I got to do this. I got to do that. And, and, and you, at some point in time, ladies, the reality is, is that people want to know you so they can learn to like you. Mm-hmm. So they will trust you. So they will invest in you. Yes. And this is a very real thing. And in this world where we're all now kind of this digital nomad type of thing, we're not sitting in one place gathering our clients in a geo farm, right? We're, we're out. The world is our, our farming opportunity for business. Right. You've got to have the right assets. If you want to go forward, I talk to women all the time, go, I really want to become a speaker. And it's like, awesome. Awesome. There's many different ways to become speakers. You can pay to be on stage. It's not hard. 
You can uh, you can pay every stage platform out there has a pay to play opportunity. And everybody goes, well, I'm not going to pay. The reality is, it's a good opportunity. You, yeah. If you're nobody, I'm virtually nobody. If I wanted to be on Mel Robbins stage, mm-hmm. I could find out which stage she's going to be on has that opportunity. Yes. When Tony Robbins came to Calgary. It was being ran by a gal who had pay to play spots. Mm-hmm. Would that not be a good, smart investment? Yes. We invest, you know. So the reality is, is I I find that a lot of women are waiting. <laughs> a lot of women are waiting to be discovered. Oh, honey. Oh, my God. That ain't going to happen. You've got to go out. What is that? A closed mouth never gets fed. I heard oh. that the other day from Lonnie Whoa. Love. Oh, Whoa. I totally stole that. Lonnie Love said that from the real. I saw her speak the other day in Phoenix. A closed mouth never gets fed. So, honey, you have got to be out there. I just had a heart attack. Isn't that good? That oh. is so good. That I is had such so a good. I had such a, such a good weekend in Phoenix. I got a chat with uh, uh, Savannah Chrisley, who is a Instagram influencer her she's also just got a real estate license so we got to chat about that lovely lovely young woman with the curse of being really hot and uh, and then i got to listen to uh uh, garcelle she's on the real also on real housewives so she was absolutely fascinating to listen but lonnie love crushed it i have to tell you if anybody gets a chance yeah but it's so totally true like it's 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 like the entrepreneurship version of quiet women rarely make history. It's like quiet, closed mouths don't get fed. Done. Absolutely. Right? Done. So what I do basically is I get people comfortable with cameras. We do everything remote. I have a producer that dials in. And my whole thing is let's get your six minutes so you have a really good speaker reel about yes. you. Because when yes. you're pitching these people to go on their stage, you need something immediately to send to them. We got to get you published. Yes. 3%, only 3% of North Americans are published authors, like truly published, not just like it, they they co, co something. Like I know yeah. somebody who just did a book with uh, a real estate coach, but it's not actually published, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like one of those, it's a marketing material, which right. is fabulous. Don't get me wrong. Right. Best but book. it's like, you but, know, that's a great jumping off point. Right. Like what I was thinking about before when you were talking about like the cost of doing business and pay to play and everything else is like one of the main objections I hear is not I don't have the money, but like that's too expensive. And it's like, but there's always something that you can do to put yourself on the path. So like if I decided when I was little, I really wanted to open a pie shop. Right. So let's say I was still rocking with the pie shop. Really? I wanted a cafe. Oh, oh my God. God. New I wanted a cafe. New okay. Careers. But like, here's the thing. If I had dedicated myself to that pie future, I wouldn't, as a brand new baker, have to go out and buy the most expensive triple oven on the market. But if my oven was broke as shit, I would probably need to invest to get it to a kitchen standard of being able to serve other yeah. people food, right? So similarly... If I want to stand on a stage and tell people I'm an expert, first, I got to get on the stage. How do I get on that stage? Get my six minutes looking real good. Maybe I'm not going to be sitting on a Ferrari in Singapore for this shoot. Maybe I'll be right here in Chicago, but my six minutes will be done. 
for now. Absolutely. And then when I have more means or a new message, I can polish my six minutes again and pay a little bit more next time. But I don't want people to feel like, oh, if I can't buy the Porsche now, then I'll walk. Progress over perfection. Yes, always. Here's an interesting stat. Nielsen studies. I love stats. Oh God, so do I. They say that you should be investing 7% of your proposed revenue into advancement of your career. So ladies, you want to make $110,000. That's $7,700 if somebody can't do the math. So you Mm -hmm. need to be investing that in something to move you forward. And that's of your proposed income, y'all, not your current income. Exactly. What you want to make. What you want to make. You need to invest like you're moving forward. Uh, Another fun stat, like I said, 3% of people are actually recognized published authors in North America. And it's actually less than that, like the UK and Australia. Amazon Author Central is the most underutilized networking platform you can imagine. What? So if you... Amazon Author Central, you can plug your social media, your blogs, your picture, and your six-minute interview can all be put in there. So when, when you know, these event uh, planners are looking for speakers and they want to validate that you are a recognized published author, all of your stuff is there also. And only 3% of people will have access to that. So why wouldn't you want to be part of that? I ask all the time, well, what has Jeff Bezos done for me lately? I haven't been looking on the right part of Amazon. (laughs) Well, and what happens when you go to Amazon? And I tell people, you should be in at least one collab book, if not two, every year. They're cheap and it's 3,000 words. It's super easy. Yeah. And the reason being is when somebody, so let's say Sally Mae has her own independent book and she's got her 250 friends and family have purchased that book. Then Sally Mae is in a book with you Mm -hmm. and you have your own independent book and you're 250. What happens is, is it's that uh, degree of separation. So somebody goes, what does Amazon always do? Oh, by the way, others have also looked at this, this, and this. And the more times your name is recognized as a published author, the more actual, like people go, oh my God, Mm -hmm. I am a recognized published author of three books, right? Four books. And all it is, is a networking thing. You would spend $3,000 on Facebook ads or $5,000 on Facebook ads. This is another great way to do it. It's cost replacement. Exactly. Exactly. I am of the school where for a lot of time, a lot of my business growth was dependent on Facebook ads. A lot of my pipeline was coming from Facebook ads. And for myriad reasons, uh, A, my ad sets are just, I can't get them to where they used to be in order for it to be where I want it to be just logistically. But also like, I sort of hate Facebook, even though I'm there. Like, but but at the end of the day, I'm like, Zuckerberg's got enough money. Bezos has enough money. But but the pay to play stuff where you're like, yeah, I, here's a, here's something I did the other day. I paid my friend who has a really incredible podcast to run an ad on her podcast about my podcast. The reason Bingo. that's infinitely better for me is it's a warmer market. They're already listening to business podcasts. It puts the money in the pocket of someone that I love and trust. And yep. it keeps me from having to feed the machine. 
right? And so there are ways to do this that feel really good. But a lot of the time, the pay to play stuff is just pure cost replacement on your bullshit advertising that all of us feel like we have to do. And I'm not knocking all of advertising, but there is life outside of pay-per-click. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Google. Let's talk Google. Google ads. The second top search engine globally. YouTube. And ladies, ladies are missing out. Ladies are missing out. Um, The more you can crank through YouTube. So any live streams, anything along those lines, even if it's an audio podcast that you just put pretty images with, Mm -hmm. whatever. The more you crank through YouTube, the higher in Google uh, a searchability. So yeah. there's this company out of Phoenix that I found really interesting. Um, and they have this whole term called a shadow funnel. Have you heard this term? Hey, squeeze me. Yeah, a shadow funnel. A shadow funnel. It sounds like um, sounds like an old radio drama like. It could be. In the dark of the night, the shadow funnel will find you. It does. Nothing you've done will ever disappear. It just gets scattered. So there's new AI out there that does nothing but troll for your name. And this web developer, which I have to say, pretty damn smart, they will actually go in, they've applied this AI, and they go in and scrape your name anywhere it's been applied, anywhere it's been mentioned in the ether world and bring it back into a shadow funnel to funnel the audience into you. So all these, so anytime you're on somebody's podcast or you're mentioned in a newspaper, it's the craziest stuff. Like this stuff is going on. So the reality is computers didn't replace paper. It just made us kill more trees. Yes, yes. (laughs) So the reality is, is the more we have out there, the noisier the world is, the yeah. more you got to do. That's and, true. you know, you look at what, like him, love him or leave him, Grant Cardone, he yeah. has like 200 pieces of social, his name is dropped like 200 times a week. I've said it a billion times on this podcast. Like it's, you know, he yeah. comes up, dude comes up. A lot. Dude comes, like him, love him, or leave him. It doesn't matter where you're at. However, if you guys do want to watch something funny, Grant cries on day 45 in Undercover Billionaire. Just saying. God love him. It was he he found out how hard it is for the for the average not hot people. He's like, this is really hard. Yeah, he had okay. he had a rough moment. I'm gonna have to pull that and put it in the show notes and be like, are you having a bad day? Would you like some schadenfreude at the expense of our beloved Grant Cardone? He cries right here. Here he goes. Oh, my God. But you know what? Good on him for crying because you know who else has cried about their small business? Fucking everybody. (laughs) Give me one small business owner who has not cried this week or last week or this month, and they're not taking a big enough risk. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean... Growing pains. Have we not heard that term? Yeah. I mean, I've got the stretch marks to match it. So the reality is if you're not having growing pains, if you are not uncomfortable, you're not growing. You're not moving forward. Um, I love the term. Good is the enemy of great. Oh, yeah. Good is the enemy of great. The, here's the truth of it. 
I could have sat in real estate locally here in Calgary, but it wasn't my goal. I'm going to, I'm going to share this on your podcast. So everybody knows what my goal is. Okay. I come from a really crappy childhood. It came from a very high abuse childhood, uh, a, a childhood that uh, when I was 14 years old, I was put into what we call the diversion board with uh, with the the predator and the, the the prey. And so I was blessed in the sense that I was given a great counselor. I was given lots of support. You know, laws have changed, so forth and so on. But my ultimate goal is, is to have the resilient uh, programming. So resilient new media, resilient series, all of this to the point financially that we're at 28 million annually in, uh, in, in within five years. That's my goal. And then my goal from there will be able to go and find investors to do my resilient township, right? My resilient township is for abused girls who are on the streets between the ages of 14 and 24, who need to get their high school diploma, yes. who need to get their college. They need to feel good and safe. And we yes. put them in a safe space. And they need to change their circumstances and they need help to change those circumstances. Exactly. And I wasn't going to be able to do that making 200,000 a year sitting in Calgary doing real estate. Mm -hmm. So I know most people look at me and they go, you are flipping nuts, Kim. You are such a dumbass. You, I basically have shut down a real estate career Mm -hmm. with no financial fallback because I know that if I don't do it now at 53 years of age, if I don't do it now, I will not make my mark. Uh, by 60, knowing that I have the resources, I'm leaving the legacy behind to help the girls that were in this program with me. Yeah, you're leaving the legacy behind to live the bucket list, right? In Absolutely. That the legacy was not going to lead to you creating what is truly important to you, right? Correct. And so I think that that's such a gorgeous example of good being the enemy of great because. I just know from knowing you for an hour, you're probably a phenomenal real estate agent, right? Like insane. I love serving the people behind the doors. I love, I have been so blessed. But think of it this way, like the township is providing home on such a more fundamental level for people where homes have not been available, accessible, right? So you still have that idea of pairing people in homes. It just so happens that now, instead of selling the home, you're creating the home. And in order to do that, you have to change your paradigm. Absolutely. I have to, I have to grow something bigger mm-hmm. and beyond what we're doing and it, it, within the legacy of resiliency so that I can create the space. So good is the enemy of great. I yeah. could stick in good and I could stick with my space and I could do that but it's not going to get me where I know when I was 21, well, let's talk real and raw about mental health, right? So we're coming through this. Uh, I tried suicide at 17. I tried suicide at 15. I tried suicide at 20. Uh, Obviously I didn't try very hard, but you know, it's still there. These are still calls for help. And I remember at 27, uh, my life had really turned, uh, had, I, I was very blessed. I have my partner. I live my husband. And I remember waking up at 27 after being married for a couple of years with him. And for the first time feeling very well rested. I had never slept well at night. And I remember waking up going, I know why I'm here. I'm here to create a space for the girls that could not be here. 
because my roommate died at 36. She died due to multiple organ, like cancers and everything. And I I know people who didn't make it. And so, so yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy. So good is the enemy of great. If you're sitting there and life is good, but you have this gut feeling there's something bigger. What's the worst, what's the worst that's going to happen? You, you try, have to fall you back succeed. on your old legacy. Yeah. Oh, shucks. Right? Exactly. You go back to real estate. That's the worst thing that could happen. And it's not even likely, right? Like, but that's the worst freaking thing. It's like, oh, darn. Like, for me, it's like, oh, darn. Guess I'd have to go back into software. I don't want to, but I could. But my goal has always been keep the businesses alive. Keep the small dreams alive. The big dreams of small businesses need to flourish. We are all now with the great resignation, even more than ever, all of these people are doing stuff out on their own. We got to monetize these businesses quickly. When I was doing this before as the idea doula, I was doing marketing and branding and I really enjoyed it. And I was really, really good at it, but it wasn't making anybody around us money because everybody around us had sales avoidance. And so I thought, you know what? In order for me to keep these businesses alive, not make them shiny, not make them pretty, in order for me to do my mission of keeping more small businesses alive, I need to be teaching sales, right? In order for you to be able to create the township, you have to create the brand. It just is, right? And now we know those are both really long game dreams, but we can still show up accordingly. Like you talked about at the very beginning, get your reel done, get your six minutes looking sharp, get your website looking popping, right? Make sure that you're investing what you can invest into showing up how you want to show up. And it's not about dressing for success as much as it is modeling that success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whatever your definition of success is, show up, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm in the process of writing a book called Pink Hair, Don't Care. (laughs) Why not be mindset to success? And it's just, it's literally just, you know, I have your nose pierced, do your tattoos, do what you need to do to feel authentic within your body, but don't use it as an excuse not to have traditional success. Oh, a why not me mindset of success is the sexiest, most gorgeous tagline I've heard in a long time, Kim, because it is like, why not me? Damn it. Absolutely. Get exasperated about it. Like, I don't think I got angry enough in the first years of my career. And anger, (laughs) we want to be careful, right? We talked about, I'm I'm talking about purposeful anger, not stewing and toxic anger. Anger is just an emotion. But there's bite on why not me. Absolutely. And I think I stayed away from that edge because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be hardened or something. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to think why not me. There's a million reasons why not me. And then I got pissed and I was like, whoa. Anger is, if you're sitting there right now and you're angry and frustrated, do know that anger is an emotion, an emotion that you can use as fuel. And I will tell you, I used it a lot in my youth. I used anger a lot in my youth because I was told I would be, I would go nowhere. I was marginalized and minimalized. And it is okay if you need to use anger. If you need, just don't stop feeling if yes. the only thing you can draw on is anger, but remember, do no harm. Yeah. Do no harm. Do anger, no harm, sh- but take no shit. Exactly. Exactly. 
You know, just remember, you don't have to be cruel when you're angry. You have to have, you have to be aggressive. You have to get out there and hustle. You have to say, okay, what next? That didn't work. What next? That didn't work. What next? Like, seriously, yes. you got to have 99 failures to get to the one that well, will. And resilience and, it, and tenacity are fueled by determination and a willingness to get the fuck back up, right? That's what resilience is, is like, I can weather yeah. this, right? And the way that you earn resilience, and, and this is more your world than mine, but the way that I've seen it with me and the way I've seen it with my clients is by picking yourself back up. If you don't yep. have any reason to pick yourself back up, like, but, but, you know, you said before, like in passing, you're like, you know, when I did this new thing, I'm taking this leap. I want to do this 28 mil, like all this stuff. And people are like, you're crazy. You're giving up this thing. If your loved ones are telling you that your small business is crazy, I think that should piss yeah. you off and make you turn that into fuel and turn that rage into productivity. Watch me do it. Right? You think Absolutely. I'm crazy? Watch Absolutely. how crazy I get. Let's see what happens when I unleash this crazy on the world. Here we go. Absolutely. Um, first of all, if you're depending on your friends and family to make you wealthy. <laughs> or if you're relying on your friends who are not small business owners to understand what you're going through. <laughs> uh, that's one of the very first things I coach in real estate. So I do have, uh, because, I mean, I'm not going to leave any experiences behind. I've mm -hmm. got 20 years in real estate, $580 million in real estate has gone through my hands. And so I do have kind of an entry level coaching program doesn't cost a lot of money and it really focuses on the geo farm and how to do that and the very first thing i tell people is that get past the friends and family oh <laughs> you'll go broke trying to get them to do your do real estate with you mm -hmm. uh you know so i yeah i if <laughs> I see you laughing. It's, see it's just laughing. so totally true. Like I always laugh about like years ago, years ago, just on a whim. I asked my favorite kid in the world who I think was like seven at the time. I was like, hey, what do I do for a living? And he was like, uh, boss people around. And I was like, correct. But then based on anybody that, I, know I realize what I do, like, except maybe my parents, my husband has no flipping clue and he lives in the same house as me, right? He's the most supportive little hobbit in the world. But if I'm like, what is the nature of my day like, Ryan? He would be like, you have a lot of calls. You do a lot of Zoom. You make a lot of noise. You're very loud, right? But what does that actually do? I don't know. He doesn't know. That sounds like my job description, <laughs> right? What do you do? I laugh a lot. I'm loud. I tell people what to do. Yep. But but your friends and family, the challenge is, is that people who are close to you, they watch you throughout the course of your life. And they're the least likely to give you grace to shift and pivot. They're not trying to be mean. It's just that they got excited with you the first time you did something. And then when you shift and pivoted, they got excited the next time. And then when you shift and pivoted, they got excited, but weren't you excited for the last one? Oh, wait, what about the, and this is no fault of their own. No. But here's, here's the reality. They um, now estimate that the average North American, this is going from the young ones, not old people like me, will have, I think it's something like seven, seven different careers in their journey. Right. So 
if your friends and family get excited on career one, career two, career three, they're starting to get a little tired by four. They're not sure what the hell you're doing on five. Six are like, what? And seven, they're like, you know what? I'm done. Seven, they're like, call me when you win an award. Maybe I'll show up. Exactly. Exactly. So, and it's okay. Reason, a season, and a lifetime. We all move. We all have different people. The Mm, people I associate with. Season, season, lifetime, lifetime. What, what, what? Tell me what that gorgeousness is. So reason, a reason that you're around somebody. So for example, when you're a PTA, right? You're parent teacher counsel, right? You have this association with these people. Now you may not have anything else in common with them except for Bobby is eating the Elmer's glue and you're on there and you're with the other Bobby moms, right? So- that is a reason. Fucking Bobby. A season is the person on that parent council that you actually connected with and yeah. you go through school with them or somebody that you do real estate with and you go through that career with them. But it, it's still tied back to a certain thing. And a lifetime, which we have very few with, if you have one or two people, aside from your children or your offspring or whatever. Yeah. Very few lifetime because we as individuals are so multifaceted and dynamic that if we are shifting and changing, so are all those other people around us. Yeah. It's so evolution. reason a season and a lifetime, understanding this and, and moving past guilt or whatever. I mean, I went through a scenario in the beginning of, of COVID where I had somebody that I thought was kind of a lifetime friend, but it was more of a seasoned friend. Mm-hmm. And no, no, no harm, no foul. Like this is not, I still think this person is absolutely awesome. I would do anything for this person. However, our paradigms had shifted just enough mm-hmm. that there was friction within there. And so, you know, it's really just knowing where you're at. And at the end of the day, you have to be your own best friend yes. because you are the one thing that will not shape. You are your lifetime friend. And I find a lot of people really struggle seeing the value within themselves, which then they struggle finding the value within their brand, which then takes me back to my business, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, you know, get the confidence, credibility done and yes. have those assets. So when you don't feel strong about your brand, you can send that visual confirmation or that published confirmation or that audio confirmation of your, your brand recognition of your brand, uh, uh, confidence. I love the way that you put that though. We were talking about legitimacy or attitude or all these things before, but I love that pairing of confidence and credibility, confidence for you, credibility for everybody else. Get those two things pop in. You're going to feel great. It's also confidence for the consumer. Think about it. So it's not just your confidence. I can send you this, but it's also now this piece is becomes brand confidence for the consumer. Yeah. It's actually twofold. Uh, I, I interviewed a ton of coaches that coach women who, as you mentioned, the, the big, the great resign, right? Mm-hmm. So they are estimating 30% of women over 40 will not be going back to corporate jobs. That, that was an estimate that was put out beginning of the year. It may have changed, but in knowing that women are now pursuing their zone of genius and who they are, the top three challenges were competence, credibility, and relevancy. Oh, yeah. 
So those are the top three things. So because it's really easy to work for another company and have confidence in their brand, their mission statement, their vision statement, it's a lot harder to have confidence in something that you put together. So yeah, it's really incredible how many of us hide behind brand labels for our confidence and we don't actually turn ourselves into our own Versace or our own Gucci, you know? My name's Kim Hayden. I grew up in a shit-tastic life and I've turned it into absolute gold. And I may not be as wealthy as a Cardone. And I may not yet be as popular, famous as Mel Robbins. Mm -hmm. But one thing I can promise you is that every person's life I spend a moment in, they think I'm as popular as Mel Robbins. Hot damn, Kim Hayden. And that's what you have to know. Well, and now I'm freaking out because this is going to be the nerdiest pop culture transition ever because of something you just said that I was like, oh my God, we're going to play a game based on today's pop culture topic. And it is called the Wizard of Oz growth metrics. All right, ready? Dorothy Gale leaves Kansas, much like yourself. For a while, she goes back. You stay out. Maybe she leaves again. We don't know. But Dorothy Gale, her issue pre-Kansas, confidence, credibility, or relevance? I think confidence, relevance. I I would, yeah, I would say, I would say relevance. Absolutely. Was she meant to be there? Who around her was hearing her, you know, and and that was irrelevance or confidence because she didn't have confidence within having the answers herself. Yeah. Tin man, confidence, credibility, relevance. What do you think? Tin man, tin man. Um, I would say relevancy because tin man was, didn't have a heart and he didn't know if anybody loved him. Yeah, he doesn't have that relevance. And then the byproduct is confidence, but it was more belonging than pride. Yeah, absolutely. Cowardly lion. Confidence, credibility, relevance, confidence. 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 He knows he's relevant. He's the king of the fucking forest. He's just not really owning that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The the alphabet equivalent known as the Wicked Witch of the West. Is she lacking the most and therefore victimizing? Is she lacking the most confidence, credibility, or relevance? Well, I would say confidence because I think the Wicked Witch is actually your inner voice. I think that is the piece that destroys us inside, the piece that tears us down and doesn't allow us to see our, our own personal label. And then the Wizard of Oz is like, validate your damn self. Like, absolutely. You have it the whole time. Absolutely. Right? It's like, they all go and it's like, it's kind of this parable of permission, right? We talked at the very beginning of the episode about like, if I don't want to do video because like it's cost too much money or I need to talk to my husband or I don't want to put myself out there or my lipstick's not done, my hair's not done. You're waiting for validation, much like you're waiting for the Wizard of Oz to bestow a gift upon you when the Wizard of Oz is just going to be like, I'm a tiny old man behind a curtain. Validate your damn self. <laughs> Absolutely. I got here by a balloon that crashed. You want me to fix your life? Fix your own life, please. Yeah, I can't even leave. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) 
by all means, let me fix all your problems, right? But yeah, there is also something about like the cobbler having no shoes of like the Wizard of Oz should probably focus on fixing his own life. But what did you want to bring to me about Wizard of Oz today? Uh, I just think I I love the phrase Glenda the Good Witch is that you always had the answers within you. Yeah. Right. And I think it's important for women. Uh, again, I keep pointing this to women because uh, less than 36 percent of our public sages paid speaking gigs are women. Uh, women make less money. Um, the average is $46,000 a year as entrepreneurs. Uh, women are getting 2.5% of traditional bank loans, um, for small businesses, for new small businesses. And if you're a visible minority, it's less than 1%. So I guess it's that the answer is within us. Mm -hmm. I truly, truly do believe that. I do believe in putting in the extra effort. Here's an interesting, uh, trivia about the wizard of oz that most people don't know is the wizard of oz is one of the first technicolor movies put out there which means that they could have taken the white horses any color they want mm -hmm. however they ended up um they ended up uh coating the white horses all in jello <laughs> so that they the colors were the the horses actually were technicolor in real life filming and they would have to reapply that jello after shots because the horses would lick each other Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a bit of tr live they have labor to do horses. Yep, yep. Jello. They had like these horses were all they had orange ones. And they had the they had strawberry ones. I mean, they they used Jello to to create because it was a humane way of of turning the yeah. horses the colors they needed them. Right. If they lick each other, it's not toxic. They're not going to get sick. They're going to like get a little maybe of a tummy ache like of the sugar. It's fine. Sugar. It's like sugar. sugar cube. Yeah. But the, the reality is, is they didn't even have to do that. They had the skill set through Technicolor yeah. to color those horses. Yeah. So my question is, is what are you doing that you could, seriously, you could actually shortcut. You're killing yourself over there. I'm just are thinking you about the fact that it's like, hold on. I got to dip this horse in raspberry jello. And then so I got to dip the horse again. And then meanwhile, somebody like we were watching Jurassic Park the other day and Jurassic Park has one IT guy, one. And I'm like, y'all should have known from the head of like, you have one IT guy. You don't want to have a Jurassic Park size issue hire another it guy instead i'm like picturing judy garland like sitting around while they dip horses and judy sitting there like couldn't we just paint the horse couldn't we just like using technicolor this thing that the movie is being marketed and shot in that's hysterical i know but easy so you learn something every day yeah. eh? oh my god i got this book it's uh, called the wizard of oz cookbook Got this when I got married. Literally, it's from 94, 95, something like that. And it has all these great tips. And you just like it and go, why would they do that? Why would you do that? Why? So, why? so yeah, that's that's my whole thing is even if you can shortcut, should you? No. Does it leave the story behind, right? That you yeah. that you want to. I mean, the the reality is is that this is hard. Yeah. Life is hard. Get over it. Are you, um, I always say, uh, everybody goes relevancy, right? Mm -hmm. Is this relevant? Should I even be teaching this or looking to do this? I mean, 
Forbes before uh, 2019, before the pandemic, estimated the online teaching coaching realm to be $350 billion globally by 2025. I love I'm, your love of stats, by the way. Like, I love stats. I call stats stat porn because they get me a little hot and bothered. Like, you just drop these golden gem stats. Like, they're just falling out of the sky. And I just want to commend you on being like a fabulous font of interesting stat form. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm one of these people. I have a hot flash 3am. I wake up. Now I can't go back to sleep. So, oh, what was I dreaming? Okay. I'll look that up. That's what I do. I look up useless stats. That's your You're like, what percentage of speakers are female? Uh, let's find that out at three in the morning. I love it. I Google this. Google this. Top paid speakers USA. Oh. Yes. Only 30% are female. Just so you know. Um, but yes. So. <laughs> I love that. Cardone had his big event. And I, I'm not picking yeah. on Cardone. Well, dude's picking on wealthy him. enough. Pick he doesn't on care. Him. He doesn't care. Um, and you know what? I, I'm just saying my husband and my son actually went to his event this last just a few months ago down in Florida, because it's you should learn from people, even people that aren't in the same realm. You learn where you can. Y'all, Seller Be Sold is a damn good book. I just there you say go. It. So his conference that he had back in the end of year last year, mm-hmm. he had 19 speakers on the stage. Go look this up. 19 speakers about sales and such. Only three were women. Of course. And one of them was his wife. I tell you you couldn't find more than three women to speak on your stage. That's Seriously. Insane. Come on. That, and if it's that so, hard for women, imagine how hard it is for queer people. Like, oh my God, we got to all, like, because we got to lift each other up for goodness sake. So here's what we're going to do, right? You and I are going to become the opportunity good witches. And we're just going to show up and we're just going to wave our little wands and we're just going to chuck opportunity at everybody. But here's the thing. In order... For the legitimacy to wear off on you, you must first validate your damn self, Dorothy Gale. Validate your damn self. And then the opportunities will come at you, right? But you said, and I love this thing you said before, we're waiting to be discovered. We need to let that lie. Kim, I got two more questions for you before I let you get back to your gorgeous day. Okay. Uh, The first one is, uh, I am very short. I am five feet tall and I used to be even shorter as, you know, people have a tendency to grow. So my whole life, I have been called a munchkin and I thought that I would always be sort of like the munchkin coroner, like keeping it down, but not in charge. But now I think if I were going to start an entrepreneurship colony in munchkin land, I would just be the munchkin strategist or maybe the munchkin podcaster. But If you, when getting out of Kansas, once again, uh, were lost in Oz by balloon and you decided to stay, what neighborhood of Oz would you choose and what role would you adopt for yourself within? Oh, that's good. I like the flying monkeys. I'm just saying. I mean, be a flying fucking monkey. You don't need my permission to choose that. Can I melt the bad witch and take over her castle? Hell yeah. I want to melt the, yeah, I want to melt the bad witch. The flying monkeys, think about the flying monkeys. Monkeys have opposable thumbs. They can do yes. so many things. And then you put wings on them. If you train them to do good, think of all the things 
you could do good. But yeah, I, I'm too tall for the munchkin land. I'm I'm five you can eight. Visit. You can visit. I could visit. And I really do like the glitz of the 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 court. But I honestly, I would be wanting to be, I'd take over the, the flying monkeys. I think that that's fantastic. And then it's also a way for us to keep in touch. We can correspond through flying monkey. I think it's amazing. Now for people that don't have the luxury of flying monkey correspondence and who want to discover you <laughs> or if they want your allyship in getting their stuff legitimized and looking fabulous. Kim, what's the best way for them to come into your world? I'm easy to find. You can either go resilientnewmedia.com or resilientseries.com. Um, you can visit me on Instagram at resilient series. Uh, Facebook is Kim Hayden or resilient women. LinkedIn is uh, uh, Kim Kim Hayden. My YouTube is Ooh. Kim Talks Resilience, and that's a, you know. And I have videos. I have really cool videos. I've interviewed a lot of like stars, and I just kind of never asked the normal questions. I think I think you and I could run a red carpet that would like oh make people. Oh my god! Yeah. Let's put that dream out there. You and yeah. me, red carpet. I freaking love it, Kim. You are an utter delight. And what you said before is totally true. If you didn't tell me that you were not as famous as Mel Robbins, you would have had me fooled because you have every inch of presence that she does. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It is my absolute honor. Everybody else, I will be back in just a second with my final thought and your homework for this week. Well, hey there. I adored the cowardly lion as a kid. Big shock, I know. Decades before I learned the term resonate, he just did. I loved how in his world, the root of all gorgeous, pride-filled, banner-waving successes was one word, courage. And that is exactly how I feel about sales. Did I lose you? Okay, hear me out. Now, courage may put the ape in apricot and the hot and hot and tot. That is true enough. But what's going to create the life you vision board about? Sales. What's going to prove your worth and place in your market? Sales. What's going to convert all the folks who know and like and trust you into customers? Sales. If you're not willing to ask for money, which is all sales freaking is truly, all the blood, sweat, tears, logos, and fancy copy won't amount to much. Please tell me you do not need a wizard to remind you that your hard work deserves more than that. So here's the little bit of courage I ask of you today, kings and queens of the internet forest. If you are still finding excuses to work for free or basically free, if you are still convinced that gimmicks and tricks are the only way to win, and if it's non-ethical, eh, maybe just this once, and or if you're shooting your business in its pretty little feet by avoiding sales, your homework is to jump into action this week. Your homework is to follow up with all your loose end leads. Here's my three-step process for all the folks who are ghosting you. Email works best for this, but voicemail is also acceptable and kind of badass if I'm being honest. Here's email number one. Hey, you're on my mind. Because they are. 
I haven't heard from you, which means you're still thinking things over. Here's something that I think will get you excited and get you moving on your path to whatever the result they want is. Then I want you to give them a piece of homework, much like the one I'm giving you right now. Something that will make them feel great and accomplished. Checking something off a list, solving a problem. Or you could send a video or a podcast episode relevant to their interests if homework feels a little too demanding. Email number two comes about three to five days later. Hey, since I haven't heard from you, I'm guessing you have questions. Here's a few things my clients like to know before hiring me. Then send a handful of your most common FAQs, but again, filtered to their interests. Then say, got questions that aren't on this list? Remember, this email goes directly to me. I'm on the other side waiting to answer. Hope you're doing well. Then your name. Then finally, approximately seven days after that, email three, the big one, where the courage comes in. Let them go. Here's that email. Hey, name, I don't want to be a pest. Since I haven't heard from you, I'm going to assume that you are not interested or that now is not the right time. And that's okay. I'll be here if that changes. Wishing you well, your name. That lead is welcome to stay on your mailing list, but after three emails, it starts to feel like begging no matter how it's received. Not exactly king of the forest behavior. Now, I have seen leads come back after three years like no time has passed. I've seen no's turn into yeses overnight. I've seen non-buyers refer lifetime customers. All of these things can and will happen for you too. But first, you have to validate yourself, and then you have to follow up fully, but finally. Hey, thanks for listening. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. Listen, we talk a lot about marketing on this show, and that's because I fully, earnestly believe that every dime and every moment we spend marketing is totally worth it unless we turn around and sabotage ourselves at the finish by refusing to sell and sell beautifully. Why? A lot of us have a misconception of what selling actually requires of us or who it needs us to be. Please give me the opportunity to help change your mind at www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y.com. Big shout out to the fabulous dudes who helped make this show what it is. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My composer, Riley Herbastio and my show artist, Francois Vigneault. They're all fabulous, and I'd be glad to introduce you. Until next week, just do your best, and remember, you're too legitimate to quit.